You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of The Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Killifer. And I'm Sue Zizzle. <laughs> and we are wrapping up our month of Black-directed horror movies for Black History Month with episode 172, Bones, from 2001. Uh, it's an hour and 36 minutes, directed again by Ernest Dickerson. We just saw him with Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Uh, but as previously mentioned, he also did Surviving the Game, Bulletproof, Under the Dome, Sleepy Hollow, Burn Notice, a bunch of TV stuff. Uh, but yeah, this is an interesting entry. So let's go around the table and see what everyone thinks about this movie. Maurice, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on Bones? Well, it's, it. <clears throat> it's actually my first time watching it. Oh, okay. Um, I actually like it. Mm-hmm. I, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it's nothing to write home about. Not, I mean... The, the acting's not great or anything, but <clears throat> it's doable. Um, you know, the worst actor in it doesn't really have much much uh, screen time, so. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I know. Uh, Maurice gets killed real fast. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I die. Uh, well. The, the gangster of love? <laughs> do some, Maurice, do some uh, call okay, you that, the gangster of love? Uh, I, I always tell people when they do say that, I'm like, that song has nothing to do with me. I'm not a stoner. <laughs> it, it, it just, just stop. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, up until that line, <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, when he says you're the gangster of love, I don't understand why Snoop Dogg's voice changes towards the end. Because they were trying to make him scary. <laughs> yeah, he, he's more scary talking with his normal voice. I was gonna say I don't know I don't know that Snoop Dogg can be scary. He just he look he looks so damn lovable. His yeah. name is Snoop Dogg. He's a little pupper. <laughs> exactly. All dogs are little puppers. <laughs> um, I was surprised uh, to see um, oh geez, the actress that played Tia. Oh, um. Isabella, um, Catherine Isabel. Catherine Isabel, yeah. Isabel. Isabel. I was surprised that she was in it. Like, I mean, you got to figure in the early 2000s, she was kind of a new line darling. Yeah, yeah. and she was probably the bigger name in it <clears throat> besides Snoop Dogg. But yeah, I was surprised to hear it. But overall, I th- I, I thought <clears throat> I, I thought the effects were not oh, that great, God. but uh, <laughs> they they were cheesy. Yeah, but. Like I said, I thought the acting was passable. It, you know, it, it was a decent story. Uh, mm-hmm. The scares were pretty good. Um, I like a good ghost story, and you know, there's not, there wasn't too much blood and gore. So, and plus, there's a guy named Maurice. How can you not like it? <laughs> well, what did you think of uh, Snoop's cover of what is it, the Big Payback or Payback by uh, James Brown? Oh, it was great. I was like, I actually really like that cover. I was like, I didn't, I forgot this was a thing. <laughs> so, 
Because I haven't seen this movie since it came out, so I completely forgot about that song. But as soon as I as soon as I heard it in the opening credits, I was like, oh yeah, shit, I like this cover. <laughs> <clears throat> so overall, you enjoyed it, huh? Yeah, yeah, I actually like this movie. I would probably, uh, I mean, I had to rent it, but if I came across it down the road, yeah, I'd watch it again. Yeah, this is one after watching it, I was like, you know what? I really should try to find a DVD of this because I do enjoy this film and it is something that I can I can pop on in the background. Like it's not it's not a very hard to follow movie. <laughs> but uh Susie, what are your thoughts on this one? I like it. It's fun. I feel like the ending is I don't know, the ending just I don't remember the ending being like that. <laughs> like I just feel like it's abrupt, but come on. I love Snoop. Mm-hmm. That's why my name is Sue Zizzle this week. <laughs> I love a good ghost story too, and this—it's a good ghost story. And we haven't even mentioned her yet. Who doesn't love some Pam Greer? I was—I oh, was gonna say fucking coffee, Jackie Brown. Like, come on. And, and, and the guy's right. Yeah, she's even at her advanced age, even back then, she's still. Oh, hot. she's she's always been gorgeous. Like, yeah. Now Pam Greer freaking icon man the uh special effects are well didn't stand up to the test of time (laughs) at all i don't even know if they stood up then i don't i don't know um but overall i like the movie it's it's ridiculous the special effects are ridiculous the ending i just felt was a little bit abrupt Mm. but i like i like when a horror movie ends and there isn't like a happy ending yeah I also kind of like those endings. We we don't we don't see them a lot anymore, but <clears throat> in the late 90s and early 2000s we saw a lot of movies that would end with that like, you know, I don't want to say like a jump, but it was almost like a haha, gotcha, like a last minute like almost winking at the camera like something right before the credits rolled. Yeah. Um, and and that's, you know, this didn't disappoint in that regard. It didn't. I I like it. I had Amazon credits, so I did not have to pay to rent it. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so, but I, if you haven't seen it, it's, I think, $2.99 on Amazon. Oh, yeah. It's, it's rented. not much it's, at all. It's worth $2.99. I mean, that's less than it cost to rent it at Blockbuster in 2001 when it came out. <laughs> right. Back when I rented it. <laughs> right. Right. But I just, I, I don't remember it being that ridiculous. I'll be honest. Now, I'm, I'm with you, both of you guys. I like this movie. Uh, I think it's a very fun movie. I forgot a ton of this movie. Like I remembered the dog. I remembered the devil dog and I remembered them opening a dance club, but I didn't remember a lot of like the main plot. Um, Cause I only, I rented it. I watched it that one time and that was it. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy a lot of the silliness in this film. Like a lot of the deaths are, they're over the top and they're just, they're goofy. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> the, the two drug dealers, like when they get their death, I'm like, what happened to them? Oh, those are my two favorite characters. Oh my god, they're <laughs> ridiculous. I love it. What's their name? Wheezy and Skeet? Something like that. <laughs> I no, think we, no, Wheezy no. and Skeet. I didn't put them in the credits, but yeah, they're <laughs> they're ridiculous. I thought, I thought I wrote it down. Oh, Stank and Wheeze. Stank, that's what. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. The, the the blood in this movie has a very 70s feel to it. It looks like that red house paint that was often used in, like, you know, old uh, 
old seventies horror movies. Um, it's just it's silly overall. Like there's there's not a lot that you can really take seriously. Um, but yeah, it's it's a solid flick. I will say this: uh, as much as I love Snoop, he can't act. Um, at least he can't act in a scary role. <laughs> Because he, he, he can't. I'm sorry. He's not scary. <laughs> he just isn't. Um, but yeah, I, overall, I, I definitely enjoyed this flick. So let's get into the the cast here. As mentioned multiple times, we have Snoop Dogg playing Jimmy Bones, the main, uh, the titular character of Bones. Um, he was in Training Day, Starsky and Hutch, Soul Plane, Hood of Horror, Weeds, The Boondocks, Scary Movie 5, Empire, and The New House Party. Uh, then we have Pearl, played by Pam Greer. Coffee, uh, Scream, Blackula Scream, Foxy Brown, Something Wicked This Way Comes. One of the movies I've been threatening to get on here forever, Class of 1999. I fucking love that movie. Um, And she plays one of the killer teachers in it. Uh, Escape from L.A., Mars Attacks, Jackie Brown, and Ghosts of Mars. Then we have Lupovich, (laughs) the guy in the worst fat suit ever. Um, Oh, my God. It was so bad. The Pretender. I didn't watch that show, but when I looked at his IMDb, I'm like, that guy's the pretender. I didn't even know that. Like, I didn't even write the pretender down. But he, oh my God, like, we'll get to it, but I'm just going to say it right here. Every other character, they aged by doing stuff like, you know, changing their hairstyle, changing their style of dress, all that. They aged doing simple things. For whatever reason, the the actor that plays Lupovich, they stick him in a fat suit, and it's just really bad. <laughs> like, it really it is. It doesn't work. It's but, like um, oh shit, what am I thinking of? It's like thinner. It's like if you got yes, thinner, but you got it on Wish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it reminded me very much of the thinner fat suit where I was like, oh, that looks bad. But um, yeah, the, uh, Lupovich was played by Michael T. Weiss. He was in The Howling Four. Dark Shadows, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., Red Shoe Diaries, Freeway 2, Confessions of a Trick Baby. I put that on there for you, Susie. Yeah! Um, (laughs) uh, We have Jeremiah Pete, played by Clifton Powell. He's in House Party, Menace to Society, Dead Presidents, Murder, She Wrote, so we got one. Uh, Phantoms, Rush Hour, and Deep Rising. We have Eddie Mack, played by Ricky Harris. He was in Poetic Justice, Tales from the Hood, CSI, NYPD Blue, and Dope. Which, if you haven't seen Dope, it's a really good movie. Oh, Dope, um, fantastic movie. It really is. Like, that, I, I love everything. The, the style of that film, the music, the acting, everything is good. It's I don't so think I've cool. seen it. Oh, really good flick. Um, then we have Shotgun, played by Ron Selmore. Uh, he, was, he was all over television in the late 90s, but some of the ones that I, that I recognized was uh, from Millennium and the Crow, Stairway to Heaven, if you guys remember that. Yeah. Um, the Chronicles of Riddick, Kingdom Hospital. We saw him already once in the first remake of Black Christmas, the good remake of Black Christmas. <laughs> and he was in Sucker Punch. Um, then we have Cynthia, played by Bianca Lawson. She was in Saved by the Bell, the new class. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Dawson's Creek, Dead and Breakfast, which is a really fun horror movie, um, and American Horror Story. Then we have Patrick, uh, played by Kali, Kali Kane. He was in Juice, Living Single, Angel, CSI Miami, and Medium. Bill, played by Merwin, ugh, Merwin Modersi. I'm saying that wrong, I'm sure. Lost Boys of Tribe, Battlestar Galactica, Grave Encounters, It Stains the Sands Red. Which, that's a fun zombie movie if you guys haven't seen it. Um, then we have Maurice, <laughs> played 
played by himself now. Maurice played by Sean uh, Sean Armsing, or I'm sorry, Amsing, who's in Disturbing Behavior, Stargate SG One, American Mary, which is such a fun movie, uh, Riverdale, and Supernatural. Then Tia, speaking of American Mary, played by Catherine Isabel, Disturbing Behavior, the Ginger Snaps franchise, uh, Carrie, the uh, first remake. Freddy vs. Jason, Supernatural, American Mary, and See No Evil 2. So, big cast for this movie. A lot of uh, people that were up-and-comers in the early 2000s. But the basic plot is, over 20 years after his death, Jimmy Bones comes back as a ghost to wreak revenge on those who killed him and to clean up his neighborhood. So, we open with a guy running from some kind of demon dog in a run-down part of town. He quickly gets inside his building, which has remote locks. I was like, oh, that's fancy. Um, he's like clicking a little remote as he's running at the door. Uh, he For gets, being in the ghetto, that is really fancy. Right? I'm like, that's like some bunker shit right there. Yeah. But he gets in and slams the door and then the demon dog slams into the door, shaking the entire thing. He runs upstairs, gets a gun, looks out the window and shoots the dog with a rifle. The wound heals up and does absolutely nothing to the red-eyed monster dog. Smash cut to two stereotypical rich boys looking to score some drugs. They meet with meet with the drug dealers, pay them, and they are told that they can get the drugs behind a loose brick in an old abandoned building, saying they don't have the drugs on them in case they're cops. They're like, we don't know if you're cops. You could go get them yourself. <laughs> so the two are annoyed, but they go find the drugs anyway. Suddenly they hear their car alarm go off and run to check, but see the cops turning the corner and decide to hide out in the creepy abandoned building instead. Now this part I fucking love. Because they run inside, very obviously run inside. Like they stand there like like a deer in headlights as the cops are like shining the light on them. And, then and they're rolling like, up. Yeah, they're like, run away! And they run inside the building. <laughs> One of the cops goes in after them. And he's looking around and you see them running up the stairs as he's flashing the flashlight at him. And then the other, the other cop comes inside and he's like, I think they're in here. And it's like, you just saw these two chuckle fucks running up the stairs. What the hell? Oh my God. I love that chuckle fuck. (laughs) Oh my God. But the the other cop tells him, ah, there's no one in here. I've been working this beat for 20 years, so I know. Like, oh yeah, sure. That, that has that has any bearing on the current situation. But, so they leave the uh, the two assholes in the building and leave, and, and head off. Uh, but not before the old man cop has a cryptic vision of his younger self shooting someone in that very building as someone screams. Back inside. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right? Back inside, the douche bros look around and they get attacked by a dog that turns into a cat or a rabbit or a marmoset. What the fuck did it turn into? It turned into a raccoon. We're gonna a, go scree- a screeching weasel. <clears throat> it literally did. It, it screeched like a howler monkey, but it looked kind of like a cat mixed with a raccoon. I was like, what? What? What happened? Why did the dog turn into something other than dog? So, whatever. But they freak out and get... Oh, why couldn't it have turned into cat dog? Right? (laughs) (laughs) So, funny, funny story. And I'm going to embarrass my brother because he listens. Mm. When he... My brother is 10 years younger than I am. And when he was little, like, I watched all those Nicktoons. And I don't even remember how it came up. But 
we just always say I'm cat and you're and he'll be like I'm dog and together we're cat dog. <laughs> Alone in the world is a little cat dog. Yep. I loved cat dog. I did too. <laughs> I was saying I, I didn't even have any younger siblings to be like I was watching it with them. I was just I, watching it as a grown ass man. I also used to call him my sweet baboo when he was <laughs> because he carried a blanket around like Linus. Aw. I love Linus. There's <laughs> a my... there's a picture I think I have of him. Perhaps I'll embarrass him and post it on the Facebook. Dun dun dun. <laughs> but so after they get attacked by the transforming devil dog, <laughs> they go to run and they get chased by spooky shadow Snoop Dogg. <laughs> like what that was, was up horrible. With the screaming CGI shadow Snoop. <laughs> that was yeah, it was really bad. But they bust out of the front door and stand there laughing like they're safe. Like, you're still in the building. But you're, you're, yeah, you're in the front door. You're in the property. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy rifle guy from across the street yells at him to get away from the building. But but it's too late. The one dude, dude bro is yanked back into the building and shredded, showering the other with blood. Then uh, number two is dragged inside, leaving massive nail tracks on the porch, screaming as he goes. I hate the nail tracks. Oh, God. The worst one for me is still Stir of Echoes. That is the absolute Oh, yes. Yes, when they show how the girl... Yeah. Mm, Ooh, it's so... It's Oh, God. I mean, don't get me wrong. The remake of Texas Chainsaw, that's bad, too. But the... uh, That fucking Stir of Echoes scene, man. Ooh, gets me every time. Because you actually see her nail... Rip off. Oh, I can't. Ah. And we've talked about this before. That is that is my kryptonite. Yep. <laughs> I have I have a few things, but uh, like certain types of eye trauma, like I can handle a lot of eye trauma, but stuff like we saw in Zombie, you know, or Would You Rather, like those types oh. of eye traumas, I I, ooh, I can't deal it. Uh, the fingernail stuff, and for whatever reason, throat slashing when it looks realistic really freaks me out. I I. It just gets to me every time. I would say the fingernails. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shane, Shane makes fun of me because it isn't even necessarily in horror. Mm-hmm. But anytime I see like a superficial cut, like a paper cut, like, you know, oh. if you ever get those deep yep. paper cuts, mm-hmm. like a deep paper cut. Or if I'm watching something and again, it doesn't have to be horror necessarily, but anything with a knife, a blade, that's like a slow type of torture. Mm-hmm. I'm like, eat, 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 eat. and he's like, you watch horror. You would watch horror movies 24 seven if you could. And this is bothering <laughs> you. And I'm like, yes, exactly. Because I can feel the paper cut happening to me as I watch it on the screen. And mm-hmm. the nail thing, like, it's funny, the stuff that gets to you when you're, you know, inundated with these types of images. Yeah. But yeah, like like I said, I mean, most people that I've talked to about the throat slashing thing, they're like, really? That's so tame. I'm like, I don't know. It freaks me out every time. Like, there's plenty. I have to look away from the screen when I know it's coming because it, it, it just gives me the willies so bad. Like, I mean, shivers just thinking about all this stuff. Very particularly, there's a scene in From Dusk Till Dawn when the one vampire, like when they all turn into vampires and the one table dancer chick, like, reaches her hand back and you see her claws and then she slashes the guy's throat. And his head kicks back, and it's just like the spray of blood. Every single time I see that, I'm like, ah, no. <laughs> like, it weirds me out. But anyway, enough about that. <laughs> so, uh, Rifleman shakes his head and says, 
for outside are dogs and sorcerers. Revelations 22, verse 15. And it says, 1979, and we smash cut to Jimmy Bones, a.k.a. Snoop Dogg, in the back of a Cadillac being driven around the now thriving neighborhood while the opening credits roll and we get the title card. So we see that in the past, that whole neighborhood was was thriving. Uh, Jimmy is pretty much running the area and is beloved by everybody. We end the flashback with a woman screaming, seeing the building from the opening boarded up and seeing a guy smoking crack in the neighborhood. We get flashes of the neighborhood going to hell, the bu- uh, buildings closing up, abandoned cars, graffiti and trash everywhere. And then it says present day. So it's Niagara Falls. Basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe that's why I like this movie. Uh, Snoop Dogg kept it simple, and that's why it was thriving. Yep. Yeah. When yeah. everyone got greedy, that's when it all went to hell. Mm-hmm. So, so that's your advice for the day, people. That's, that's Keep it simple. That's art imitating life right there. <laughs> <laughs> happens way too often in these cities. It just it reminded me of driving down like Main Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. When we were kids, Pine Avenue, Main Street, that whole area was bumping. Yeah. And then as we got older, it just we watched it die. And all that's left is the Y coffee shop in the library. Pretty much. That's it's it's sad. I mean, Pine Avenue is fucking scary these days. Like it's everything's but it looks like it looks like something out of The Walking Dead. Everything's yeah. boarded up and closed. It's just, it, it's like, it used to be this thriving street, and now it's like, there ain't nothing there. But, anywho, uh, we see the the building that the guys got killed in, now during the day. A van pulls up, and we meet a bunch of our main characters. We meet uh, Patrick, his brother Bill, his sister Tia, and their friend Maurice. We find out that Patrick bought the building with plans to renovate it and turn it into a nightclub, much to the dislike of everyone else. They go inside and see just how run down the place is. I love how they find a human jawbone on the floor. And they're like, is that? And they're just like, nah. Well, she goes, tell me that's from a dog. And he's like, no, no, that's a cat. And I'm like, yes, one of those rare cats with human teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the fuck? But Patrick tells him that the last owner before the bank was a guy named Jimmy Bones. Maurice is surprised that the others haven't heard of him and saying he used to run the area in the 70s. Now, he gives this little nursery rhyme, which I'm sorry, I know that it's supposed to be like a thing, but they never really lean into the nursery rhyme. And I love how he's like, he goes, uh, this is the story of Jimmy Bones, black as night and hard as stone. Something about a deuce, a switchblade and a diamond ring. And I was like, that's a pretty shitty nursery rhyme. Right. I mean, I know later on he does repeat the whole thing, which I didn't write down, but. It's so brief. It's like, eh, it doesn't really make sense. Filler, but, filler, filler. Yeah. Oh, there's. Oh my God. There is so much I like cheese dialogue in this movie. Holy shit. Like, I skipped over tons of it because this is one of the... the I, okay, if I'm going to complain about this movie, the one complaint I will make is a lot of movies in the 90s wanted to do what Tarantino does. Uh, and Well, I should say Tarantino and Smith. Where they're like, yeah. we're going to have a lot of fast-paced dialogue, and even though it doesn't really have anything to do with the film, it gives you a feeling of these characters. The problem is, a lot of people can't write like that. So they give you all of this expository dialogue that means absolutely fucking nothing, and has zero impact on the rest of the film, and just feels like a bunch of people like yelling at each other. So there's a lot of nonsense, like this whole thing about 
KFC making the black man sterile and like all of this like random shit that's just like in there while the characters are doing other stuff. But anyway, um, so Bill gets excited saying they should use the whole Jimmy Bones hook as, uh, as a way to promote the place. But Maurice is annoyed thinking that they shouldn't be there. Why are you so annoyed, Maurice? Jeez. <laughs> I, just, I, I just want to DJ. Yeah, yeah. He just wants to DJ and get all the ladies. And be a sex panther. Oh, no, that's that's <laughs> Anchorman. That's Anchorman. <laughs> sex machine. Oh, no, that's American Pie. I forgot about Sex Panther. <laughs> uh, and no, Sex... Wait, Sex Machine... Is that American Pie? Oh, no, that's... Do you want to touch my penis? I got it mixed up. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Um, but so the group splits up to look around. Patrick goes looking for the furnace and is followed by spoopy shadow hands. He turns around and we... And, you know, to light... Just flash a flashlight around and the spoopy shadow hands disappear. And then we see Ghost Vision watching all of them. Uh, we see Bill and Maurice go looking to see where they can set up the DJ booth. <laughs> he goes, I do, I do love this one line. Maurice is complaining about his joint. He goes, I can't get this joint lit. That's drug abuse. <laughs> I, I laughed like, at that. What did I? I'm like, okay, that's funny. Um, then Tia wanders off to f- and finds the creepy devil dog locked up and gives it her hamburger. Now, a couple things here. Number one. She opens the rattling door with a hamburger in her hand. And she doesn't use her other hand. She uses her hamburger hand. So let's say it was like a rat or the wind or whatever. You're going to then take a bite out of that hamburger after you just touched it to that doorknob that's all covered in hepatitis? Like, come on now. I want you to remember. The dog did not come at her because she is also a wolf. Ah, well, ginger snaps. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, I'm sorry. I did immediately think of the white girl memes where it's like, have you guys seen these? <laughs> where, where they like, they show like a grizzly bear and like someone superimposed like a white lady with a Starbucks coffee trying to like give it a granola bar. And it's like, this is white lady shit. I have not, but now I'm going to seek oh it out. Oh my God, fucking hilarious. Because they're always talking about like how like white women don't care how snarling or angry an animal is they somehow like snow white that shit into submission (laughs) it always cracks me up because that's what i immediately thought of because she opens the door and there's a fucking black dog with glowing red eyes and she goes hi buddy how long have you been locked in there want my burger and she gives him a hamburger Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? But I'm like, what kind of dog has naturally glowing red eyes? Run. Ripley does. It was part of her charm why we wanted her. I mean, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. But then it's funny because, like, the dog is snarling at her. And then we see Ghost Snoop behind, like, show up behind Tia. And somehow the dog calms down. I'm like, uh, oh, okay, like, whatever. Why did Ghost Snoop calm the dog down? Like, no, she's cool, especially considering what happens later. But yeah, doesn't make any sense. So we cut to spooky ghost vision and we see a locked door in the basement. And inside that, something green and glowy under the dirt. Ooh, spooky. (laughs) So it's just like it, it does that. Again, late 90s, early 2000s thing. We saw this in House on Haunted Hill and The Haunting and fucking go uh, 13 ghosts and all that where we zoom really quick through the house and like 
like we're flying like a ghost and then they fly to a specific point and we see something like banging around or rattling. And in this case, it was a green glowy thing under dirt. But Patrick convinces the crew that they should move in and fix the place up. No one really likes this idea, but they all agree. Tia introduces them to the random devil dog she found, and she names it Bones. Before they leave, Bill uh, Bill asks Patrick, does your dad know about, or I'm sorry, does dad know about this place? And Patrick tells him, no, that'll be important later. So they head out to the van, and a rifleman across the street starts yelling about the dog, telling them to shoot it. (laughs) They assume he's crazy and go about their business, when suddenly, surprise, Bam Greer! (laughs) <laughs> I, I wish that would happen to me <laughs> Surprise Pam Greer like, <laughs> <laughs> I think every every Blaine girl does I mean that's one hell of a good surprise <laughs> Oh my god If Pam Greer gave me Pam Greer doesn't need to do cameos Never mind <laughs> But can you imagine just living your life And suddenly Pam Greer's behind you like hello I'd be like holy shit I'm Pam Greer <laughs> Oh, shit. But yeah, she uh, she tells him to get rid of the dog, saying some hungers can't be satisfied and some holes can never be filled. No, hey, oh, <laughs> that's exactly it. Like, eh. I'm surprised Maurice didn't say something there because he's commenting on all the women in the movie. But he didn't say shit when she said that. He knows better. <laughs> he was like, I ain't fucking with coffee. She's going to whoop my ass. But um, so we find out that uh, Pam Greer's Pearl. And her daughter is with her, Cynthia. They go to leave, but Patrick and Maurice offer to help them with their bags, saying, hey, we just moved into the area and we're going to be neighbors. And they explain about their plans for the club. Pearl looks at Patrick and tells him that he looks familiar, asking if he's from around there. He tells her he was, he was born there, but he grew up on the south side in Rosemore, or Rossmore Park. She tells him you're a little dark for Rossmore Park. So he just kind of like smirks at her. Uh, they help help him carry their bags back to Pearl's place, where we see she's a psychic. Uh, they say their goodbyes, and Pearl watches them leave with a concerned look on her face. So smash cut to a pool hall, where we meet Eddie Mack, the local drug lord. <laughs> with his hairnet, like he's working in a fucking, <laughs> like he's a fucking line cook. <laughs> and his bimbo named Snowflake. Oh, Her titties my don't look good. Like No. We've There's, seen dem titties before, but dem titties look sickly. Yeah, no, she's she. Well, her whole her whole physique looks sickly. But the two drug dealers from the beginning come in and tell him that not only did they get paid, but they stole the car from the night before. Eddie accuses them of killing the two white kids, but they swear up and down that they just stole the car, and that's it. He tells them, um, I'm sorry, yeah, he he tells them that he pays the cops good money to stay out of the area. But getting people killed is the exact type of thing that pisses them off. <laughs> I love it. He tells them to get the fuck out of here before he burns them and snorts their ashes. <laughs> that is like the greatest burn ever. I was like, damn. No pun, in, no pun intended. Right. <laughs> but <clears throat> Back at Patrick, uh, Patrick, Bill and Tia's house, we see Tia feeding bones and her parents come home. Immediately, Dad complains that he has to feed three kids, plus Maurice, the bottomless pit, and now a stray dog. Uh, the Dad's name is Jeremiah. We'll find out a little bit more about him in a minute. But the dog barks, and Tia says, Bones, it's not nice to, to bite the hand that feeds. Dad asks her what she called the dog, and she repeats, Bones. Now we have a smash flashback. We smash cut to the 70s. 
we see I, I think it's funny because Jeremiah looks older in the 70s than he did in the modern day. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Because <laughs> I was like, was that like Jeremiah? Seen? No, that's Jeremiah. OK, wait, what? He got a facelift. Yeah. <laughs> but we see uh, we see dad trying to convince Jimmy Bones about a deal with Eddie Mack and Officer Lupovich. Telling them or telling him that it's a huge opportunity for them and they can finally get enough money to leave the area. Jimmy tells him that he's fine with the way things are and has no intention of leaving. So Jeremiah agrees with him and then complains after Jimmy drives away. Cut to present day, Eddie Mac talking to old man Lupovich. Lupovich accuses Eddie of killing his customers, to which he denies. Lupovich hand Lupovich hands over the confiscated drugs and Eddie pays him. Uh, Lou comments on that that'll be enough money for the for the drugs, but he deserves extra for taking care of the competition. And he goes to get all grabby hands with Snowflake, who recoils. He's like, ew, he's gross. Eddie tells she has standards <laughs> to a degree. <laughs> <laughs> but Eddie tells him you were just doing your job. And Lupovich goes, the last thing you want is for me to start doing my job. It's <laughs> like, OK. So Eddie tells Snowflake to give him the money. She pulls a wad of cash out of her shorts and Lupovich sniffs it creepily. I wish she would have said where she really pulled it out of. <laughs> I mean, it was right out of her crotch. It was her vagine. <laughs> and he like slowly runs it across his nose. I'm like, ah, dude. He's not going to wash his face for several weeks now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you coming home? Five in the morn. Something's going on. Let me smell your lip. That's <laughs> yeah, accurate. <laughs> but Eddie asks Lupovich, what's up with Jeremiah selling the building? Jeremiah look, or uh, Lupovich looks shocked because clearly he didn't know. Cut back to Jeremiah's house. We see Patrick and Bill are talking to their dad about the crack problem downtown, saying it was the cops that did it. Jeremiah writes it off as people blaming their own failures on others. He then flicks on the news and we see a report about the murders in the building that Patrick bought. Uh, Bill almost slips up <clears throat> talking about the building, but Patrick stops him. Dad tells him that that's what happens when people go messing around where they shouldn't. Patrick reminds him that that's where he grew up and dad tells him that it took some time to get out of there as well. He reminds him that he's a self-made man, didn't get any help from anyone. Bullshit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> telling them he worked hard so that they could live their lives there in Rossmore Park. <clears throat> Patrick tells them that they should that they should be down there trying to make it better. Dad tells them that that place already died and gone to hell and there's nothing to save it. Just then the doorbell rings. Jeremiah goes to answer and finds Lupovich waiting for him. Lupovich asks why he sold the building, reminding him that he wasn't that he was supposed to sit on it and not sell it. Jeremiah has no idea what he's talking about, but Lupovich insists that someone sold it because someone bought it. Jeremiah tells him that it's not their problem anymore, that even if someone finds something in there, it's been 20 years and there's no way it could be tracked back to them. Lupovich tells him <laughs> this. OK, I'm sorry, this cracks me up. He's like, you'd better hope so, because four can keep a secret if three are dead. And I'm like, that's the <laughs> most backwards ass threat I've ever heard. So... <laughs> Tia comes to the door and asks, uh, asks Dad who's there, and he tells her to go wait inside while he finishes talking to his friend. And Lupovich goes, nice rack. <laughs> goes, what the fuck is he? Is he eating a uh, Jello pop? <laughs> some kind a of pudding like, pop? Yeah, some kind of like. Oh, yeah. It was a Jello yep. pop. Bill Cosby. <laughs> it was pudding. Bill Cosby lover. 
Yeah, well, they, the Jello popped in, they. Yeah, yeah, and he and he's he's acting a lot like Cosby in that scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. But he's like, he's like, oh, nice rag, and he goes, ah, tell me, do I have a shot? And she go, he goes, that's my daughter, and I love. It. He's he's like, oh, oh, <laughs> like he's got that like, oh, well, fuck me all the hell kind of look on his face. <laughs> he's so <laughs> gross. I bet his dick has pimples. Oh, ew, <laughs> ew, dick pimples. I bet you his pimples have pimples. <laughs> I feel like dick pimple is gonna be the newest insult that I add to my lexicon. <laughs> dick pimple. You fucking dick pimple. <laughs> but I love Jeremiah's response because he goes, "Get out of here, you fat bastard, son of a bitch!" <laughs> like, like, and he mutters it under his breath. He's like, "You fat bastard, son of a bitch!" Oh my you, god, Luke. You dick pimple. <laughs> you damn dick pimple. And Lupovich saunters off to his car. So this is where Act One ends. What do you guys think it so far? It's it's pretty crazy so far. I'm here for it. I say so far, like it's a lot of I like cheese dialogue, a lot of silliness, but uh, some of it is really fucking funny. Like Eddie Mac scene with the the two drug drug dealers was fucking hilarious. <laughs> the, the fucking the way Snowflake just bobs her head around and. Like, in agreement with everything Eddie Mac says. And then when he gets stressed out, she's like, you're a misunderstood genius. <laughs> I think she's got dick pimples. <laughs> and don't forget, we still have skank and wheeze. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Lord. So, I mean, this this film is, is 90s as hell. Like like I said before, the the, the random fast play, fa- fast paced dialogue, the quips, the comedic moments every few minutes, it's not bad. It just feels very much a product of its time. So, but anyway, Act Two, uh, we see the group working on the house when Cynthia comes by to talk to Patrick. She tells him that her mother doesn't want her hanging around them, saying that this building is trouble. She goes on to tell him about her. Doomed. What's that? You're all doomed. <laughs> yep. Yep. She's to- she's totally the uh, the friggin' um. Oh my God. Why can't I think of his name? I uh, want to call Walter. Frank, but no, 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 no. The the uh the doomsayer in Friday the Thirteenth. Um. Ralph. Oh my God. Ralph. Thank you. Yes. Oh my God. I kept wanting to say Frank, and I'm like, it's not Frank. <laughs> what That's Hellraiser. Right. Uh, she's the Ralph of this movie. You're all doomed. But. She goes on to tell him about her mother's beliefs and the spirit world, how there's a thin wall that blocks the world beyond from the world they live in. She's basically saying that every location has two two uh, has like another of itself, like a mirror image of itself in the spirit world, which we'll see later. Mirrorverse. Right. And uh, so she warns him that if the wall breaks or tears, then the dead can get out or the living can fall in. He asks her if she believe if if she believes in that, and she tells him that she wouldn't come within fifty yards of that place if she believes. And then she then she walks away. <laughs> she's like, I don't believe in that. Bye. <laughs> she's gone. She says. That night we see Bill in bed in the building with his, he's got his eyes closed, listening to some music on his headphones. Then we get spoopy ghost vision watching from the or uh, yeah watching from the locked door in the basement all the way up to the room. So it starts off at the basement with the rattling locked door. And then zooms up to the bedroom where we see the wall melt away and reveal a bunch of writhing ghosts that look like they're covered in tar and plastic bags. 
Like hefty, 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 wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Like I know they were just supposed to look like all goopy, but tell me it didn't look like they were wearing plastic bags covered in tar. It did. It did. <laughs> um and it did it it did look pretty cool until they started like zooming in on individual ghosts. Like the one with the with the Ash Williams hangy mouth from uh, Army of Darkness. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I've seen that prosthetic before. But they come start coming out of the wall. They all reach for Bill surrounding the bed. Suddenly a shadow passes over the bed and the spirits retreat. Bill opens his eyes and looks around thinking Patrick is fucking with him. He then looks up at the mirror above the bed and sees Jimmy Bones looking back at him saying, go boy. <laughs> he, he screams and runs for the door. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick meets him and asks if he's spooked. Bill looks back at the mirror, which is now free of Snoop, and tells him, yeah, maybe just a little. So now we cut to Pearl's place. She goes to talk to Cynthia and warns her to stay away from that building and that dog, saying the dog is a servant of evil. Cynthia smirks, clearly thinking her mom is paranoid, and asks if she was ever inside the building. Pearl tells her, yeah, back in the day, back before it became what it is now. Cynthia asks, and what is that? Her mom says it's a bad place and an door to even worse. Cynthia just rolls her eyes and shakes her head as her mother leaves the room. We see Pearl looking through a, a box of old pictures, and she looks at a picture of herself and Jimmy Bones when she was young. Now we get a flashback. Jimmy's telling her about the meeting with Jeremiah, Eddie, and Lupovich. He explains that he's just letting them say their piece before he tells them no. She asks to see his hands to read his palm. She she looks down. It's funny. <laughs> she looks down at his hand and sees that there's a line across his lifeline. He, he's like, maybe that's my clothesline or my phone line. <laughs> so Snoop is playing Snoop. Right, exactly. Yeah, he's not acting in this. No, he's, he's just playing, playing himself. himself. Yeah. <laughs> but he laughs it off and tells her that it's not, or she tells him it's serious and begs him not to go to the meeting. He tells her there's nothing to worry about. Back in the present day, we see Pearl looking at the photo of her and Jimmy. Jimmy in the photo turns to look at her. She drops the photo in fear and then picks it back up again. But we see that the picture of Jimmy is still staring at her. So the photo itself changed. So we cut to the building. Cynthia goes to see Patrick in spite of her mother's warnings. Cynthia joins the group cleaning up the place. And we see Tia and the others looking at a pool of blood on the floor. <laughs> she then feels the floor and says, it's throbbing. And Bill yeah, feels, it is. <laughs> hi oh. Bill feels it and says it feels like a heartbeat. Maurice writes it off as bad plumbing. Like, wasn't he the guy that was all scared of this place? They're literally looking at a pool of blood and a throbbing floor, and he's like, eh, it's shitty pipes. Yeah, what? Reese, why you gotta be like that? <laughs> oh, you know. Oh, God. So they head into the basement to check it out and find the pipes literally bleeding and write it off as rust. Yeah, okay. <sighs> Rustolium's not going to fix that. The pipes are literally bleeding from every connection. But, you know, it's just rust. So Bones leads them to the locked door and they bust it open and go to investigate what's inside. They head down into the bowels of the building where they find the skeleton of Jimmy Bones. 
Tia wants to call the cops while the guys want to ignore it until after the weekend, because if, uh, if this gets out that they have a body in there, they won't be able to get their permit to open the club. Meanwhile, Cynthia sees the ghost of Jimmy Bones watching them. She goes closer and we see spoopy ghost vision watching her back. Before they leave the basement, Maurice snaps Jimmy's finger off to steal his diamond ring. He's like, you won't be needing that. Or that. Yep. And then we just. That'll be important later. Oh, definitely. And then we just see the shadow. I was going through some rough times. (laughs) Were you going to pawn that ring, Maurice? I did. (laughs) But we see the the shadow of of, uh, Jimmy behind Maurice, like hovering behind him. So we cut to the dog eating some meat. And as it does, the bones of Jimmy begins to regrow muscle, very much like Uncle Frank and Hellraiser. But not as good. No, but it's the same kind of vibe of like when the blood would spill on the floor or like when he would, you know, like suck up the blood like you'd see the, you know, the, the tissue and sinew start to regrow. So definitely not as good of an effect, but totally the same kind of effect. But we see uh, Cynthia and Patrick in the bedroom talking. She tells him how her mother doesn't want her there and, and that she doesn't trust Patrick. He tells her, I can handle your mom, but I'm a little worried about your dad. She tells him that she doesn't know her dad, that she's never known him and that her mom doesn't talk about him. So and clearly I all- wonder who it could be. <laughs> right, exactly. But clearly all this parent talk gets her hot and bothered because they start making out for movie reasons like who is talking about their parents and then are just like, oh, yeah, that does it for me. Like, come on, that's a boner killer. What are you talking about? Well, where does this what state does this take place in? Uh, I honestly don't know if they ever said. Well, it is Michigan. <laughs> but, so, you know, they start making out while they're making out a spoopy shadow passes over them and Cynthia makes Patrick stop. She tells him that she just can't. She wants to, but she can't. He asks her if he want, if she wants him to take her home. She tells him, no, she wants to stay, but she just can't take things further. He tells her that that's okay, that he'll go sleep with the other guys in the other room. Oh, it's that yeah. kind of party. <laughs> him, him and Maurice are going to have a little fun. Hey, hey. hey. How was it, Reese? <laughs> do you kiss and tell? I do not kiss and tell. <laughs> Maurice is a gentleman. <laughs> But cut to Pearl's place where we see her doing a seance with a group of people. This is juxtaposed with Cynthia sleeping in the building. So Pearl says. So this uh, scene, as it progresses, was very shaky cam for me. Oh, big time. This is another one of those things. This, again, very much a product of the time. We saw this a lot in 90s and early 2000s horror films. Anytime there was something like with ghosts, anytime there was something with magic, it would do like the quick cuts and then like, you know, flashy scenes where we'd see like a weird scene that doesn't make any sense. And then like a quick cut of a, of a character like moving in like a jittery, shaky cam kind of thing. And then it does that back. Like, I mean, Freddy versus Jason has that house on Haunted Hill has that the haunting has that fucking Venom from 2006, not the superhero movie, but the uh, voodoo movie uh, Skeleton Key. Like. There's so many of the early 2000s and late 90s that do this exact thing, almost scene for scene. But I mean, not that it's it's not effective. It it can be cool, but it gets a little old. Yes. <laughs> so, but Pearl says the spirit world is all around us at this moment and the dearly departed are here among us, pressing all around. 
we see what looks to be Patrick climbing into bed with Cynthia and getting under the covers as she sleeps. She mumbles that he can stay, but no getting fresh. Back to Pearl saying the spirits are among us. And <laughs> I love the little Asian guy. I got to say, Cynthia is not fun. What's that? She's not fun. No getting fresh. Come on. Oh. <laughs> I like the little Asian guy who's like, they they were like, okay, just do the most stereotypical Asian voice you can do. Because he, <laughs> he, he's like, oh, Lord, what did that smell? And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, that is the most like terrible Asian accent. It really is. And he was like, what did that smell? So it's like, what do they, they stink? I don't understand. But dead bodies, oh. dead bodies everywhere. I didn't know ghosts were supposed to smell like dead bodies, though. Maybe they fart. Because <laughs> normally there's like a scent associated with the ghost. But, you know, all right. So Jimmy Bones, it's it's poop. He smells like actually, poop. actually, honest to God, on my on my grandma's grave, because this is a story about her. Mm-hmm. She died. My grandma Kenya died when I was 11. And when I was. I don't know. It was 19. So fall 1997, when I was a freshman in college, I was in my room writing a paper and all of a sudden I could smell Chanel number five. And that was her favorite perfume. Mm -hmm. And I felt something like stroke across my back. So ghosts maybe do have sense. Does that mean that Snoop Dogg smelled like poop dog? Maybe he smelled like skunkweed. Oh, that's bad. (laughs) Y'all gotta get your money back for that. He smelled like Niagara Falls dirt weed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I live in Youngstown. I don't know what that is. (laughs) It's some stanky weed. Um, But anyway, so Pearl asks the spirit who the message is for and goes around the table, basically saying like, you know, bang once if it's for this person, bang twice if it's not. And she asks around the table and, you know, keeps, you know, saying no, no, no. Then she gets back to herself and the spirit says yes. Back in the building, we see Cynthia getting all out molested by the thing that looks like Patrick. She tries. It's like rubbing on them titties. Like, that's not okay. Oh, and then it reaches down below. Like, it's 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 giving her the old reach around. But uh, (laughs) it wraps her up in the sheets and she screams. We now we now get the crazy montage because you got to have a montage where we see Even Rocky had a montage. Exactly. Where we see Cynthia in a bed filled with blood, Jimmy's dead body while Pearl weeps over him. A shadow version of Jimmy walking down a glowing corridor, uh, Pearl on fire, a devil, the devil dog. And then finally, Jimmy throwing his knife. Cynthia jumps up and finds that she's completely alone in bed. Patrick comes in confused as to what's going on. Suddenly, Pearl is at the door, screaming like a madwoman for her daughter. Cynthia quickly gets dressed and goes to her mom. Pearl tells her, uh, tells the guys that if they spend one more night in that house, they may as well be sleeping in their own graves and takes her daughter home. The next day, we see Patrick talking to his dad about it. Or, I'm sorry, Patrick taking his dad to see his new business venture. When they get to the building, his dad freaks out, asking if this is some like, sick joke. Oh, hell no. <laughs> right. Patrick tells him that it's his new nightclub. He tells him that how or how he bought the building from his dad's company, but he used a broker so his dad wouldn't know it was him. He goes on to say that he wanted to be like his dad and make something out of nothing. Dad tells him to sell the building back. Just, you know, he goes, my company will buy it back. Just 
like we can pretend this never happened. Just sell it back. Patrick refuses and dad freaks out, screaming to shut it down and sell it. He then looks around and we see the rifleman watching him smiling from the window uh, from across the street and Pearl watching him from the sidewalk. Now we get a flashback of the meeting. So we see Jimmy Bones and Jeremiah. Uh, we see Jim Bones, Jeremiah, Eddie Mack and Lupovich and Jimmy's guard shotgun, who we find out is the rifle guy from across the street. Basically, Eddie wants to sell crack in the neighborhood, but Jimmy isn't interested and tells him that if he's going to sell that junk, he doesn't want him doing it in his neighborhood. Eddie wants Jimmy to try it, and he refuses it. So Eddie gets pissed and pulls a gun on the guard while Lupovich pulls one on Jimmy. They force him to try the crack, which makes him all disoriented, just as Pearl shows up. Jimmy pulls his knife, cuts Lupovich. Lupovich then shoots Jimmy in the gut several times. The entire group freaks out. Lupovich tells him that he's not going to be the only one with blood on his hands and that they're all going to hang together. So he forces everyone in the room to pick up Jimmy's knife and stab him with it. So there's prints on the weapon. Pearl refuses. Lupovich tells her either you cut him or you die with him. She she looks at Jimmy and says, I love you. And he grabs her and forces her to stab him. As he lays there dying, we see spoopy ghost vision floating above Jimmy looking down on him. They rip off Pearl's dress for reasons and say, bury him with this. Like, I get the significance for later, but what in the moment? <laughs> like, why did they were all just... high on crack? Like, I don't understand the reasoning. Here, tear off Pam Greer's clothes and put it around Jimmy Bones. Like, I, I, okay. It's just weird. But we then see Jimmy dragged away and we get a flash of the spirit world. End of Act Two. What are you guys thinking here? Dang. <clears throat> it's getting intense. It is. I mean, I actually do like that flashback scene, but uh, again, Snoop can't act. I'm sorry. <laughs> when he tries to be all hard and like angry, he still looks like Snoop trying to. Guys, not he laugh. is not acting. He is Snoop playing Snoop circa 1979. <laughs> if he was, if he was Jimmy Bones' age. Right. oh man so act three we see the club is officially open and filled with people cynthia shows up in a very 90s leather black pants and top um you guys remember that when that was a thing like people were always wearing like leather and vinyl remember that time that i got a blonde wig and showed up at denny's in the blonde wig and the leather pants (laughs) yes just for reasons. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh, good times. Good times. I just, every time I saw someone rocking like the, the leather bottom and top or the vinyl bottom and top, all I could think of is you got to be so sweaty right now that ha- they cannot be comfortable. I mean, those pants were lined, but they were not comfortable. <laughs> right. Like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. They always look good. But everybody I know that had them always said the same thing, like getting out of them was awful (laughs) or like getting them on was awful. Also, how you go into a club, even if your pants, even if your leather pants are lined Mm -hmm. so they don't stick to your (laughs) hoo-ha. How are you going? Like I was I remember being fucking uncomfortably warm sitting in Denny's and it was like fucking winter. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to the Continental dancing like that? (laughs) Exactly. Why do skinny bitches never sweat? <laughs> oh my god, I want to capture that sound bite and use it. 
Why don't skinny bitches ever sweat? I'll send it to you. <laughs> I, I'm hoping for, I'm hoping Count Creepyhead comes out tomorrow because Michael May oh. asked oh. for a favor. I, I, I know what this is. <laughs> but you oh. should capture that soundbite. Why don't skinny bitches sweat? I, I almost feel like that's like, you would hear that at the start of a 90s like dance remix. Why don't skinny bitches sweat? <laughs> it's Britney, bitch. Why don't skinny bitches sweat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. But so Patrick asks her if her mother knows she's there, and she tells him what my mama doesn't know can't hurt her. We then see the devil dog come downstairs and eyeball the ring on Maurice's finger, who's he's currently DJing along with Bill. Suddenly, a lady in a body stocking comes over and starts beckoning Maurice to follow her. (laughs) Oh, my God. I am like, I know it isn't that kind of party, but I'm really thinking about the Continental in the late 90s. Thank you. It totally was. It was like a dank, rundown fire hazard of a building. Which was the Continental. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, and we definitely saw people in plenty of leather and body stockings. So, you know, it fits. Oh my god! I had a I had a red shirt stocking at one time. I say there was one guy I used to see at the Continental all the time who wore like the the vinyly like crinkly pants. Like every time he moved, it was like a rip rip rip. And he had the the black mesh shirt and was bald as hell. Do you know okay, who I'm talking about? The, yes, but that's not the person I initially thought of. I thought of the really creepy guy who wore those crinkly pants and the mesh shirt, and he had black hair and glasses. Oh, I know that guy, too. (laughs) I was thinking of the bald guy who was always, like, rubbing his chest, dancing in front of the mirror. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, God. To be young again. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So, Maurice tells Bill, he's like, could you DJ solo for a while? And he goes, what's she look like, Maurice? And he points and he goes, all right. <laughs> he follows <laughs> off after. So they go upstairs. Uh, <laughs> Maurice follows her into a room. She turns into the devil dog and rips him apart. <laughs> and I love it because he had this whole thing before. Uh, at one point, he was talking about how he was Martin Luther King's dream. Because Patrick goes, I don't even know what you are. He goes, you're not black, but I don't know what you are. He goes, I'm all the racists. He goes, I'm Martin Luther King's dream. All I got to do is shake hands with myself. He was going on about how (laughs) he's he's basically every culture. And he has this line here. He goes, baby, if you don't have any culture, you're about to have or you don't have any culture in you. You're about to have all of them. And I was like, ew, that's such a bad pickup line. But so she rips him apart and starts, or I'm sorry, the dog rips him apart and starts eating him. As the dog's eating him, we see Jimmy Bones' body in the basement start regrowing its muscle, its organs, and then finally its skin. Back downstairs, Bill calls Patrick over and asks him to go find Maurice upstairs so he can get back to DJing. Patrick heads upstairs to find the devil dog eating Maurice. The dog's face morphs into Jimmy Bones and goes, the gangster in love don't eat no fried chicken, fool. What what does that even mean? <laughs> that was a lot, again Maurice talking earlier, rant, ranting about the fried chicken. Oh, that's and right. He said he referred to himself as the gangster of love and says he don't eat no fried chicken. 
Oh my god. So the devil dog then barfs up maggots all over Patrick and it's fucking gross. Like that. Oh my god, this foul. this whole sequence makes me so sick to my stomach. Oh, you know the worst part too is I was eating my lunch at work when I first watched this before taking my notes. Oh I was I'm just, sorry. I was rewatching it to refresh my memory and I got to this point and I was I was literally eating soup. And I was like, Oh, I'm done. Oh, <laughs> like, try Try the rice, Michael. Exactly. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, that definitely killed my appetite. But I also feel bad for the dog because I feel like they actually put maggots in his mouth because the way he's like, like flicking his tongue and dropping maggots out of his mouth, he looks pissed. I was like, oh, that poor dog. But anyway, so the dog then disappears into a cloud of maggots and smoke and goes down into the basement and into the body of Jimmy Bones, reviving him. That's what Ripley does every day. <laughs> she turns into smoke and maggots? She goes oh. into the basement. <laughs> ah. <laughs> she's. You better check your basement for Jimmy Bones. <laughs> there is a part of the basement, honest to God. There is one section of the basement because that's where Shane works. So she goes down there with him. Mm. But I've been doing laundry the last couple days and our utility sink overflowed yesterday. Mm. And today I went down to like put the sheets in the dryer and she was like over at the sump pump, but Mm. barking. Like not sniffing it or anything, like barking like there was something there. So I hope that my house is haunted. I mean, that's some poltergeist shit right there. I mean, it was the house. It was Dennis's house. Come on. And they built it in 1989. I doubt it's an ancient Indian burial ground. I mean, you know, I mean, I do. It could be. I do live very close to the Reds. This is true. (laughs) Um, Oh, that would be creepy, though. Spooky. But uh, so after the, the Jimmy Bones resurrection scene. We see back in the club, we get this gross maggot montage with maggots falling from the ceiling all over people and their drinks and their food. It's fucking nasty. Like, there's the girl who's like takes a drink after like a bunch of maggots fall into it. Oh, my God. The guy with the pizza. Oh, yeah. Then he's like chewing like, hmm, what's that flavor? And then looks down and sees the maggots. And then they just start dropping all over everybody. It's like a fucking it's it's literally raining maggots. And everyone freaks the fuck out. In the basement, we see Jimmy Bones by the furnace. He does, he like cracks it and then blows it up, lighting the whole building on fire. Before Patrick and the others can escape, we see the image of Jimmy walking down the glowing hallway from the vision. So like that, we saw earlier with him walking down the hall with like orange glow behind him. It was the building burning. He then takes his knife and throws it at them and they get out just in time and the knife cracks into the door. Uh, The neighborhood and the patrons watch as the club burns. The door opens and Pearl sees Jimmy before he turns into smoke and vanishes. Cynthia is freaking out, wanting to know who that man was, and Pearl explains to her that it was her father. Dun, dun, dun. As if we didn't know. Right. (laughs) I was shocked. I know, right? (laughs) Who saw that coming? So we cut to Shotgun's apartment, and Jimmy shows up and scares the bejesus out of him. Shotgun tries to shoot him multiple times, but you can't shoot a ghost. He tries to plead with Jimmy, saying he was always on his side. 
Jimmy shows him a vision of the past, making him see the moment where he stabbed him. Shotgun goes, I had no choice. What was I supposed to do? Jimmy you goes, died with me. Yeah. I was like, well, well, shit, that's a horrible friend. If I'm dying, <laughs> you're coming with me. <laughs> so I'm he, sorry. I'm not about to Thelma and Louise with anyone. Not even my two best friends. Corey no. and Julie. No, no, no. <laughs> and no friend should want you to kill them or kill yourself. Right. <laughs> that's not that a friend. Is, that's toxicity of a friendship, of a friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Should I call you Serge from now on? <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> oh I am God. I am Sue Zizzle and Susie been smooth since days of underoos. <laughs> Indeed. Oh my God. I got so. Snoop and Biggie conflicting sides of the rap battle. I was just going to say sentence. Yeah. They, those two don't get along or didn't get along. I know big uh, ups to Brooklyn, but whatever. I, I ain't getting involved in all that shit. <laughs> As well. You should <laughs> um, just enjoy the music. That's right. But uh, yeah, so he goes, you could have died with me. And he's like, he looks at him and goes, but all debts are paid. And then he cuts shotguns throat, killing him. We cut to Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah in his office. Patrick comes in demanding answers, asking if he knew what was in that building. Jeremiah tries to tell Patrick to let it go, that the past is dead. Patrick tells him, I don't think your past is dead, Pop. It's alive and it just killed Maurice, which I'm sorry. I know it was supposed to be serious, but I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I was like, Me either. <laughs> it's just such a weird way to say that the past is alive and it killed my friend. Like what? But. Cut to Jimmy walking down the street. We see two the two drug dealers from the beginning. Was it Skank and Wheeze or Stank and Wheeze or whatever the hell they're called? Wheeze. <laughs> and uh, they ask him if he's looking to score. He tells him, no, nah, I got a natural high, a supernatural high. And then they go, Eddie Mac doesn't like any wackos in his neighborhood. They then try to steal his coat. And Jimmy spins around and slashes them with his knife, turning them into CGI blood outlines on the nearby wall. What? Like, what happened? They just, they literally turn into cartoonish splats on the wall in the shape of a chalk outline. I, like I, I said, I don't think the effects were good even back then. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they were going for. It's like, that was really bizarre. But we cut to Pearl reading tarot cards. She flips one and we see two lovers. She flips another and we see a tower on fire. Then she flips to last, and it's death. Suddenly, the room grows dark, and we see uh, Jimmy appear to her and start caressing her face. Cynthia opens the door, and Jimmy disappears. Pearl tells Cynthia that Jimmy is back, and he's going to kill everyone involved. Cynthia asks uh, asks her who, and she says, Shotgun, Eddie Mac, Jeremiah, and maybe even those kids. Um, she goes, and maybe they deserve it. Cynthia tells her that Patrick doesn't deserve it, and neither does she. Pearl takes a drink and tells her that she's going to see what she can do because all she has left to lose is her cut to Eddie Mac and snowflake getting high and fucking around. Now there's a comment made where Eddie says he wants to tickle your little pink Twitter all night or tweeter all night. I could not stop laughing. I'm like, and I was also disgusted. Who the fuck calls it a tweeter? Like, I've never heard that in reference to a vagina, and I could not stop laughing. 
And I mean, it doesn't even make, if it makes a tweet tweet sound, <laughs> there's probably something wrong. <laughs> Oh, my God. I can never watch Tweety, Bird, and Sylvester ever again. (laughs) Because Sylvester is a pussy cat. No, he's a putty cat. He's a putty tat. Mm, That's how they say it out there. Oh, my God. You little pink tweeter. God, I, I laughed so hard. So, wait, is Sylvester and Tweety Bird a metaphor for the man not being able to find the clitoris? <laughs> I taught I, I taught I taught putty tat. <laughs> I did. I did taught putty tat. And it's in here and here. <laughs> We're going to save this philosophical conversation for another time. <laughs> she... She made a little tweet when I found it. Tweet, 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 tweet! <laughs> oh, Lord Almighty. So, Snowflake goes off to go to or the bathroom. It, or is it for choking the chicken? I did! I did! <laughs> that would be Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> oh, that's right. All right, we... Okay, let's just... We got to I'm going to group it back. Let's bring it back. Somehow we got onto Looney Tunes. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, so Rule Snowflake. Rule 43? Thir- <laughs> Rule 34. Oh wait, 36? 36, 34. Oh god, now I'm forgetting. See, I don't even know. Mike, I rely on you. I had it right for so long and now I'm forgetting. Wait. Rule 34. Uh, is it Rule 34? It doesn't sound right. 36 doesn't. I'm going to, all right, I'm going to. Yes, I Rule 34. My work phone. That rule 34. <laughs> I Googled wor- Rule 34 on my work phone. <laughs> <laughs> like Susie, what are you looking up at uh, work hours? This site is blocked by. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to find the porn, but if it so... ex- yeah, it's rule thirty-four. If it exists, there is porn of it. Yes. So snowflake. Well, oh, good. There is like a lot of numbers of posts. Oh yeah, I okay, see. I don't. I don't. I, I don't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm just all right. We're okay. Go ahead. So Snowflake goes to the bathroom, and after a few minutes, Eddie gets tired of waiting and goes to look for her. (laughs) He's like, You done, bitch? (laughs) He's just being nasty. He's like, Snowflake! Snowflake! I don't don't play these games. So what he finds instead is a pool of blood and a dead snowflake in a garbage can. Well, we don't know that she's dead. We only see her legs sticking out. I mean, but there's a pool of blood trailing from the garbage can to the hallway. I mean, you know, that's a lot she, of blood. She could be on the rag, heavy bleeder. We don't but know. She's also a very tiny woman. I, I don't think there's that much blood in her body. <laughs> All right, I'll give it to you. <laughs> but um, Eddie grabs his guns and starts yelling for whoever it is to come out. We see Jimmy and he stabs the pool table, which starts bleeding for reasons. like okay they're not in the magic building so why is the pool table bleeding i don't get it it's on the rag (laughs) apparently so eddie sees him and says jimmy is that you we killed you motherfucker and buried you in nothing but your bitch's bloody rags (laughs) and then eddie tries to shoot him which of course fails jimmy holds up a mirror and tells him to look at himself and eddie shoots that too 
Jimmy then makes the shards of broken glass fly at Eddie and stab him to the wall. Jimmy comes up behind him. And I love it. He holds his knife to his throat. He goes, think I'm going to do it? Think I'm going to do it? <laughs> he cuts his throat. Like, what was the reason for the taunt? So when Eddie says we buried you in your bitch's bloody rags, did they mm-hmm. bury him in a dress? Is that I, what he's saying? I think, well, because he was wrapped up in it. Like it was no, like a, I know, I know, like but the way route. he said it, if people weren't paying attention, that's true. Like, did they bury him in a dress? That's true. But we cut to to Lupovich, who gets a phone call from Eddie telling him he's waiting at the place that they agreed upon and he needs to get there now. So Lupovich tells him he's on his way. Cut to Jimmy holding Eddie's severed head, but that is his severed but still talking head. This is the best part. I swear <laughs> to God. And he's complaining. He's like, he goes, look, we're even. I killed you. You killed me. We're even now. Why you got to get all metaphysical and shit? Or I'm sorry, meta fucking physical and shit. He's like, I got $10,000. I'll split it with you. 5000 All right, fine. I'll give you it all. <laughs> but I love it because Jimmy bounces his head off the wall. And he goes, oh, why you got to bang my shit up against the wall like that? I fucking <laughs> lost it. So cut to Lupovich arriving at the meeting place. And I love it. It's marked hell. And he's like, hmm, seems legit and goes inside. <laughs> he finds a stash of drugs waiting for him and then turns to find Jimmy holding Eddie's severed head. And uh, <laughs> Eddie's like, oh, you're in trouble now, bitch. <laughs> and then Jimmy drops Eddie's head, forces Lupovich to smoke some crack and then magics his mouth and nose off. So Lupovich can't breathe. I'll, uh... Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone, the movie. Yep, only he covered his nose, too, so. He's like, and, mm, mm. and it was really bad CG when we see the far shot, because, like, there's clearly, like, yeah. a blurry scene. It's like, oh, that looks terrible. <laughs> but Jimmy then puts him on a meat hook and begins stabbing him in the gut, while Eddie's head lies on the floor laughing, saying, you're next, Lou, to get ahead in life. <laughs> And then Eddie gets covered in Lupovich's blood and goes, oh, no, that, was that fucking necessary, man? That whole sequence, I was cracking up. So we this whole to... thing with the severed heads cracks me up. Like... Oh, yeah. They're they're just playing the whole thing for laughs. But So, uh, so yeah, um, we cut to Pearl and Cynthia at Jeremiah's house. Patrick comes out to the gate and to meet them, wanting to know what's going on. Cut inside of Jeremiah's office, we see him looking at old photos of Jimmy when suddenly Jimmy appears with the severed heads of Eddie and Lupovich and magics them all away. The kids, Pearl and Jeremiah's wife, burst into the office to find the window melted and smoke billowing out. Patrick, Bill and Cynthia, or I'm sorry, Patrick, Bill, Cynthia and Pearl uh, try to go get Jeremiah back while Tia and mom hang back at the house for the cops. We cut inside to the smoking remains of the building. We see Jimmy in like this room filled with the dead. Like there's the, the ghost walls. We see Jeremiah uh, kneeling down by Jimmy and or I'm sorry, by Eddie and Lupovich's heads. Man, there's a lot of moving parts in the scene. Um, and then there's the tar people. Yes, they're they're writhing in the walls, although they were pink at this point. Oh, yes. Yes. So, it, yeah, they, they keep oscillating between like, I guess when the spirit world is coming into our world, they're like black and tarry. When we're in the spirit world, they're like, they look like the slime from Ghostbusters. <laughs> like they're all pink and gooey. It's weird. But he picks up Lou's head and feeds it to the ghost wall. Cotton <laughs> candy. Cotton candy, Randy. <laughs> um, 
But we cut back to Pearl and the gang on their way to Jimmy's building. Pearl explains uh, that it's the blood. She explains that everyone has a body, soul, and spirit, and that the spirit lives on in the blood. The, uh, the spirit can keep the body and soul together, and sometimes the spirit lives on. So as long as Jimmy's blood is in that building, he'll linger on. Back inside, Jimmy feeds Eddie's head to the ghost wall as he pleads and tries to bribe Jimmy. <laughs> so the Scooby gang gets, gets inside and uh, lead Pearl to where they found the body. She asks what he had on, and they tell her just some green rags. She realizes that it was her dress, her bloody dress, and tells him that they need to burn it. That, that That's what's keeping him there. Back down in the ghost room, we see uh, Jimmy basically giving Jeremiah ghost swirlies by dunking his head into the ghost wall repeatedly, scaring the hell out of him. I couldn't stop laughing at that, because he would just, like, dunk his head in the wall and pull it back out. <laughs> I was like, and then he would be covered with, like, this ghost phlegm. Yeah, he's he was literally giving him ghost swirlies. <laughs> and then he was like, it's a trip, ain't it? <laughs> he just kept doing it back and forth. <laughs> oh, man. So back to the gang searching the building as it shakes and collapses a bit. Suddenly the elevator opens. Pearl gets in. The door slams behind her. She tells everyone to find Jeremiah and the elevator brings her up into the darkness. Back to Jimmy and uh, Jimmy and Jeremiah. Jeremiah is pleading for his life, telling him he'll do anything. Jimmy asks, can you give me back or can you give me my life back? And he says, you know, I can't do that, Jimmy. And Jimmy says, then you're fucked and shoves him into the ghost wall. So bye bye, Jeremiah. The elevator opens up, letting Pearl out into a room filled with candles. Pearl touches the floor and has a vision of Jimmy's body being dragged away. She stands up and Jimmy is standing behind her. He tells her to turn around and he holds up her dress saying, I always loved you in this dress. She puts it on and suddenly she's her young self again. He also tells her, I told you I'd be stroking your neck tonight, baby. That's true. <laughs> but uh, cut to Cynthia, Bill and Patrick. They uh, they find the elevator. No, I'm sorry. They climb the elevator shaft and find themselves in the city of the dead, a spirit mirror of the building that they were in. They make their way upstairs and find a bunch of tunnels. Maurice appears to them and starts beckoning, beckoning them forward. Th Cynthia tells him that that's not Maurice, but Bill follows him anyway. Because he's a dumbass. Right? He's like, hey, Maurice, where are you going? Oof. Maurice leads him down a dark hall where a bunch of the dead attack him and rip him apart. Bye-bye, Maurice, Bill. I would not follow you if I knew you were dead. I mean, why you gotta be a dick like that? Well, because I'm, it's survival of the fittest. No, I meant Maurice. Why has he got to be a dick like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Maurice. Why you got to be a dick like that? I, I really did like Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Is he, he was pushing too much of the DJ work off on you, wasn't he? Yeah. Taking all the credit. That, that dick. Maybe he did deserve to die. <laughs> he was a real fucking bitch. <laughs> Bill, Bill's contributions were overrated. Actually, the... Uh, the only real fucking bitch in this movie was Lupovich. True. Yeah. Well, Jeremiah was kind of a bitch because he he, yeah. set that, he set that whole thing up. He was a bitch, but Lup Lupovich was a real fucking bitch. So Patrick and Cynthia continue down another tunnel to find Jimmy and Pearl. Jimmy welcomes her home and she runs to her father. Patrick he, uh, hears his father calling out from behind the mirror. He goes over to the mirror and sees the ghost wall appear to him. We see Jeremiah is now part of it. He grabs Patrick, yelling, Jimmy Bones did this. Patrick then pulls out a knife and cuts his dad's ghost arm off. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, that escalated quickly. 
<laughs> so he looks to he looks to Jimmy and comes at him with a knife. Jimmy disappears, leaving Cynthia by herself. Pearl looks at the mirror and sees that she's still old and wearing the tattered bloody dress, that, that all of it was an illusion. Suddenly, Monster Jimmy appears behind Patrick and grabs him by the throat. He looked like a fucking Klingon. Tell me he didn't look like a Klingon. He did. He had the forehead ridges like a Klingon. I'm like, wait a second. That looks like Worf. <laughs> he, he did. He totally had Worf forehead. <laughs> but Patrick stabs him multiple times while Cynthia screams for them to stop. Ghosts bleed out of Jimmy and swirl around Patrick, picking him up into the air. Pearl looks at the bloody dress and realizes what she has to do. She picks up a candle, says to Jimmy, I love you, and lights herself on fire. And she goes up like she was dipped in fucking kerosene. Right? Holy shit, she just ignited. (laughs) So Jimmy runs over to her, hugging her while Cynthia cries. The whole place starts coming apart. Patrick grabs Cynthia and tries to get her out. They have to jump down the elevator shaft from the ghost world into the real world. They escape just as everything collapses. They make their way outside into the sunlight. We see smoke all around them and hear whispering voices. Patrick looks down and finds a picture of Jimmy and Pearl. Jimmy looks at him and says, dog eat dog, boy. Patrick turns to look at Cynthia, who has maggots in her mouth. She smiles and barfs the maggots up on him. Black screen credits the end. Yeah, what the fuck about the end? <laughs> right. If you you cannot tell a guy, I'm sorry, we got to take it slow, puke maggots on him, and then expect him to want anything to do with you. This is true. I mean, <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you for backing me up. I thought I was going to have to share a personal story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <what? laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was gonna say, how the fuck does that? Like, what kind of personal story has maggot barf? Not mine. It was a joke. Read the room. Oh, that caught me off guard. I hope you were taking a sip of coffee. (laughs) I I was about to. Thankfully, I didn't. Dang Um, it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the ending is totally one of those gotcha moments that's in all of these movies from this time frame. And I do have to say, the actress putting maggots in her mouth like that, like kudos because I would fucking not <laughs> like that's yeah just... no thank you no 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 like <clears throat> anytime an actor has to put bugs in their mouth I'm like nope no I don't want nothing to do with that what about bees be my oh. victim won't you be my <laughs> victim again kudos to Tony Todd because I I mean I know that they were what is it only a week old or something so they couldn't sting but still having a mouthful of bees bleh. but Final thoughts. Honestly, I don't think it's as bad as uh, as it gets. It, it, it definitely gets a bad rap. A lot of people say this is a terrible movie. I think it's good. It's just a product of its time, you know. And like I said, I love Snoop, but he dude can't act. Um, but overall, it's a fun movie. Like it's silly, but it's fun. I you agree. Know? Yeah. If if yeah. you like stuff like Freddy versus Jason, this this it it fits that same vibe. Like. Yeah, the story is a bit convoluted. Yeah, there's a lot of dumb moments. There's tons of stupid dialogue, but it's fun. It, it's it's silly. It's cool. You know, the story is enjoyable. So I don't know. I dig it. I don't see why it gets the hate it gets. But uh, not a whole hell of a lot of trivia on this. 
this was the first time where Snoop Dogg and Pam Greer collaborated together on a film, although they had been doing music videos together since 1993. So this that, that was kind of cool. That I was like, they, so they've been acting together for a while, but this is the first time they've done it in a movie. Um, and then Ernest Dickerson's original cut was structured more like a classical horror film. The movie was meant to be a slow build, but the studio wanted a more traditional approach, i.e. they wanted a more modern approach. So did you know that Tupac was originally going to be Jimmy Bones? I thought it was supposed to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right, come on. I tried to make up something that was more believable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, Tupac was was long dead by this point, so. Uh, hologram hello coachella oh that's whatever true. year it was true true yeah um, they can do a video someone singing with with that i don't know about acting and making up new lines <laughs> well according Come to on. Song- he was he was in poetic justice with janet jackson that's they true. could like reshape all the frames of the movie to make him Jimmy Bones, and then use MS Paint to give him outfit. I'm picturing this in my head, and it's hilarious. Well, now, according to South Park, the uh, hologram of Tupac can actually have sex with people, so, you know. He can? Yeah. He has sex with Karen. So I have a chance? (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Gotta find that hologram. (laughs) I wonder what Tupac's going on for cameo. Oh, Lordy, Lordy. So this this wraps up our uh, our month of black directed horror. I mean, there's still a lot of other good ones out there that we didn't get to. Uh, so definitely check, you know, check some of those out, like the Atlantics, um, Sweetheart, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I think we already have a different idea for next year that Maurice came up with. So I'm kind of excited for that for next February. But uh, we definitely would like to get some of these other films into our regular rotation. Um, but anyone have any any kind of closing thoughts on these on this film or this month in particular? No nizzle, my dizzle. No nizzle. <laughs> I, I actually had a good time uh, watching these movies and reviewing these movies. It was a change. Yeah, it was challenging. Yeah. It was definitely challenging for some of these. I mean, I said it. <clears throat> I mean, you were probably recording it for the Patreons, but I didn't listen to Antebellum until today, which yeah. we're recording on Wednesday. So almost a week and a half after we actually recorded it is when I could listen to it. And I'm glad that we ended on this one because it was more fun. Yeah. And much more lighthearted. And I think it was a good way to close out the month because we had three out of five really heavy hitters this month yeah and i think realistically i know i mentioned this on antebellum that the only other month where we had that was serial killer month which was our third month uh your first month on the show yes and that was and i mean i can't even say that all like that three of them were super heavy hitters because like while my friend Dahmer is a a disturbing movie you know it's not as disturbing well i mean it's a comedy though i mean it's all horror yeah yeah, but, but but Gacy, oof. Yeah. Not Gacy, I'm uh, sorry. You mean uh, Henry. Um, Henry. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. That one was... <clears throat> that was one of our shortest episodes ever because we didn't know what the hell to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, we went through... I think it was like 48 minutes long because we, we went through it and we we're like, I, I, don't, I don't... 
want to talk about this anymore. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> but you know what? I think that's a testament to how far we've come. Because if you think about when we did that episode, which mm. all of us were very much in unison, yep. that this is really uncomfortable stuff. Like what he did was awful and is difficult to talk about. I think that we have come a very long way where his house get out an antebellum this month we found them all hard to talk about mm-hmm. but we could still talk about them at length does That's that make true. sense Abs- no absolutely and i and i feel like uh with with uh, henry we were really floundering we didn't know what the hell to say because it was just like we just kept all saying the same thing of like i this is this is upsetting this no is corpse diddling <laughs> no sister fucking and no corpse diddling. That's right. That's what Henry taught us. <laughs> oh man. So when we meet Michael Rooker this summer, maybe we should tell him. So you taught <gasps> us. <laughs> no sister fucking and no corpse diddling. I but, can I tell you how excited I am to have a Monday to Friday job, like straight up Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. I I well, you know, I can't say that I wish I had the same because I kind of like the fact that my days off change keeps things interesting, but, uh, I get that. I respect that. But I, for me, it's the days. And because there's so many, we have such a big family that's local. Mm -hmm. Everything takes place on the weekends. Right. So, yeah, no, see, I, that's same. I always have to try to make uh, special plans to do stuff on the weekends, which is, which always sucks. But uh, yeah, before we before we wrap this up, we should uh, probably mention our social media. Uh, we are the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. If you guys are not following us, go check that out. And Maurice handles our Twitter. What what is that good, sir? At Boogeyman's the. Thank you very much. Uh, which, we also which I've been very behind on, and I just updated today. <laughs> ah, no worries. <laughs> and you know, honestly, if people are uh, subscribed on whatever podcatcher they have, um they should get the episodes like as I upload them anyway. So like <clears throat> if you subscribe to like Apple or Google or Spotify or whatever, um, if you're, if you're subscribed to the podcast, it should just show up. So even if you don't see us on social media, just go ahead and subscribe <laughs> this way. You'll never miss an episode. Um, we also have a Patreon. It's $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes. The higher tiers will get you, Stuff in the mail, birthday picks, and all that. We actually do have a birthday pick coming up from our fifth Beatle, Don Durazio. Uh, Wait, which... has she ever been on here before? Well, you know, she we just finally got her on there with a uh, Demon That's Knight. That's right, Demon Knight. That's yeah, right. It was, it was like her first of uh, first appearance, so hopefully there'll be more. Um, <laughs> but uh, for those of you that like to watch our next movie before we cover it. We are entering our month of video game horror, and I'm very excited about this because we decided to do things a little bit differently. Um, we are having we are splitting the month into movies about video games and movies based on video games. So we're going to kick things off with episode 173, Brain Scan. So that's not based on a horror or based on a video game. It it's a horror movie about a video game. Our movie after that will be based on a video game. So we're going to stagger them. So I'm very excited about this. There's a lot of movies that are uh, on the list to pick from that I have a lot of fun with. So it's going to be a very different month from this one where it was a lot of like we were down (laughs) talking about depressing subjects. 
Um, it was very, you know, very good movies, but very hard to talk about. Now we're going to be talking about bad movies that are fun to talk about. So, <laughs> but all right, guys, I think we're going to wrap this one up here and uh, we're all just going to kind of stay warm because it's a bad snowstorm out there. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at the Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Hey.